Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty. You're listening to MLS Box to Box on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Second pod in one uh, in one morning, actually, for us. MLS Box to Box this time around. Jimmy's upset from the first pod already. Wonga, did you hear this? He's always He's up upset about a. Apparently, we had him had him swear and cursing. Apparently, it, it's like he promo. forgets that he's on a podcast and people can hear us anyways. So then we use the promo of him actually saying it, audio and video, and he and he gets perturbed. It's yeah. it's hard to understand. And if anyone in football gets upset by you know the f bomb, you know language that that we are so comfortable jumping into, then that's their own fucking fault. All right, it's football, it's sport. We shouldn't worry about such things, okay? So, Jimmy, you're going to breathe now? You're going to be okay? No, Rude? piss off. Because that podcast that we did this morning, right, you were on me from the get-go. <laughs> Every single one of you were on me from the get-go. And then we start this one, and again, you feel the need to come at me. Mm. Is there a particular reason why? It's your turn so? today, Jimmy. It's your turn to be bullied on Footy Prime. <laughs> That's why. It's pink, pink T-shirt day, isn't it? <laughs> it's the opposite. What's the opposite of pink? We're actually encouraging bullying today on Footy Prime. Yeah, that's terrible. Hey, anyways, MLS box to box. Uh, week two of MLS, obviously about to kick off uh, this weekend. If you have missed them already, check out our three questions for Montreal, for TFC, and for Vancouver Whitecaps earlier this week. You can find those in your your various feeds as well as on. Our website, we are footyprime.com. But today, we've got a guest. We're excited. He's as well traveled a footballer as he is fascinating to listen to. Um, you also know him from ESPN and Men in Blazers. He's won the MLS Cup twice. He's won Liga MX, Klaus Sura. He's won the Gold Cup with the States. He is Hercules Gomez. Hercules, welcome to Footy Prime. Thanks for having me, guys. You short, you shortchanged me there. It's three times MLS. Come on, man. Was it three times? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I didn't go yeah, to all those training sessions to get shortchanged here. Sure. And, he loves arts, and he loves his arts and crafts, as you can see over his shoulder. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We got a, a little setup right here. This is where I record the uh, Men and Blazers uh, Vamos podcast. So uh, it's good to be with you guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing great, thanks. It's, it's great. nice to hear that, that one of us has a good mic because Jimmy forgot his today. So anyway. <laughs> That's once again burying poor Jimmy here. Um, so l- listen, Hercules, um, you've become a pretty big deal in, in US, U.S. soccer media circles, much like Jimmy Cragen and Amy Walsh here in in Canada. But unlike them, do you do you respect the media industry more now than than perhaps you did as a player? 
has it changed your whole feeling towards the business? <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, and it's a difficult question because I navigate in, in a few worlds. So uh, I live in Los Angeles, California, and uh, I work five days a week. I have a, a Spanish sports show. It's an all sports show on ESPN Deportes. Uh, and um, that keeps me very involved with international speaking Spanish media. So Mexico, Central America, you know, South America, I do ESPN FC in Spanish and et cetera. And it keeps me very much in that world. And then I have a foot in the domestic world as well. We have ESPN Plus, you know, Football Americas, and I cover MLS, and I cover the national team, and I cover the Mexican national team in English, et cetera, et cetera. And there are two very distinct distinct facets of each one, and they're very different. And I'm sure you guys living in Canada where it's very Eurocentric can, can appreciate this, of how the game is consumed and how it's covered. Mexican media culture is very much like the English football culture. It's the only thing that matters. Everything is going to be over dramatic. It's going to be put under a microscope. It's going to be life or death, uh, not just in the media side, but the culture. Um, so the, the respect that I have for how domestic is growing is one thing, but I wish it was more. I wish there was more guys like me who had a major platform, who had the ability to say what they want without repercussions. And then the other side in, in Spanish, you know, I, I wish there was a little bit more just realism to to the dynamic to it's not life or death in this situation you know it, it's going to be okay not everything has to be a fireable offense etc cetera, etc cetera. so I, it's gotten better i've had my run-ins with the press when i was a player i had a situation in in mexico when i was playing for tigres where i i barked at a reporter uh, in front of the cameras and called the press a bunch of dogs and it became <laughs> you know a national topic and it became trending news and i was on the a block of all these sports shows and now i'm on this side and i've been on the side with the u.s men's national team where i called the press teddy bears and you know i thought they weren't hard enough um they weren't critical enough so it goes both ways I i've learned to kind of accept and 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 also i'm at fault at this as well you know too now you know i'm part of this circus as well now so uh, that that respect has has grown there is that fine line, isn't there? Right, a real fine line between. Have you, do you actually find that the questioning is different? Craig's uh... <laughs> Craig's out of sync by about ten oh, seconds. Really? Yeah. No, go ahead, Craig. That's okay. I'll fi I'll figure it out. Let me. It's all right. We'll, we'll come back. Um, it's no, a great no, question, though. I, I I heard the question. It was a great question, and yes, the way you can. I mean, the way you cover the game is way different. Mm -hmm. Um, if if we're in the U.S. circles, uh, a lot of reporters are self-made. You know, they they they're they're doing blogs, and and then they you know somebody hires them, SB Nation or whatever the case may be, to go cover the team. So they're they're learning on the curve. You know, there's they may be going to school for journalism, but there's nothing like being there in the trenches and and having a player just kind of size you up and being like, mate, nah, not today. You know, and like fuck off. You know, it, it's very different. You, you've got to learn. Whereas in, in in the Mexican soccer culture, like, damn, you had a shit game today. You know, it's like very straightforward. It, it's very in your face. They're trying to poke the bear. They're trying to get a reaction out, out of you. And, and it's very much an us versus them game that you need to walk that tightrope, so to speak. So I, the question's a great question because there are different ways of consuming it. And listen, I was in Toronto and Toronto is... I was amazed. I lived in Yorkville, which was a beautiful place. I had to learn Italian 
to get some coffee, you know, um, go to the bank. You, you know, it's like French, it's like French Canadians everywhere. And it's like, this is very different. They consume the game differently than, than some North Americans or, or what we're accustomed to. So it's a valid question for sure. Yeah, I've always thought that there's a, a middle ground there somewhere. I, I come obviously from a European background. I, I've seen the the toxic side of of the way the game's covered over there. Same thing, like you said, there in Mexico, perhaps. Passion can be mistaken, I think, for toxicity sometimes. Over here in North America, it's more of a family kind of feel at most sporting events, which I like as well. Sometimes yes. it's a little bit too soft, but th- th- there's a happy medium, isn't there, somewhere? I mean, neither, neither yes. one of their extremes is perfect. Well, so let's separate that, right? Because... Um... The way the game is covered, I think you're starting to see more first, second, third generation, you know, uh, um, immigrants in this country or family of immigrants in this country that, that you know, English isn't the first language at home and, and they're used to watching or consuming the game in different languages and how it's consumed. So they grow up with a taste for that, you know. Um, I uh, I work at ESPN Deportes and, and the flagship show there is Football Picante. And it's, you know, ESPN Deportes as a channel has been around for like 20 years. We just celebrated our 20th year. Um, and Football Picante is a, is a massive show. And you grow up with these anchors, these figures in the news world that, that are with you and, you know, in your infancy and in your adulthood. And literally the, the one of the most famous anchors today, his name is Jose, Jose Ramon. And uh, Jose Ramon is uh, 75 years old. And he's still there doing it every day, every night. And, and it's like, that's the way you grow up. So there's a school of these kids who are now not only consumed it, but they want to communicate it the same way, right? So that's going to have some toxicity, some spice, you know, um, some mixture of, of the two worlds. And that's one side. The other side is, like you said, football in this country in the States is a very, very, very tight knit family sport. That's what I love. I can take my... I have two kids, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and I could take them to a game, either one of the LA stadiums here, whether it's the Galaxy Stadium or, or LAFC Stadium, and feel very safe. I don't have to worry about ultras. I don't have to worry about hooligans. I don't have to worry about, you know, rabid fans, you know, trying to harass us because my kids may have a jersey of the opposite team or whatever the case may be. That's not really the case here. Um as it is in other places. So it's, it's, there's a fine line between both worlds, that media world and how they consume it in, with the fans. So it, it does exist. Um, but I do love that about that here in the States. It's, it's today, still today. And I hope it stays that way. It, it's still very pure in that sense. I, I've been on the other side as well as a player. We lost 5 1, 2005, the year we won the double with Los Angeles to uh, FC Dallas. I believe they were still FC Dallas at that point. 5 1 come home the next day and in any other country like go right to your house don't go out and about you know they met us at the airport with cupcakes trying to cheer us up <laughs> so, <laughs> you know things like that don't really happen elsewhere sure but, I, but, as a player, but as a player you know going to your playing days you played in Liga MX for me which I've, I've always been a fan of Mexican football it was one league that I wanted to play in was Liga MX because I loved it and then you've played in MLS now, as a player, 
what did you enjoy more? Did you enjoy playing in the Mexican League or, or Major League Soccer? Did you like the pressure or did you find it a little bit easier in Major League Soccer? Because maybe the fans weren't as clued in as what the Mexican fans were. So I can I can automatically tell why Jimmy liked Liga Mekis. It's a very technical league and Jimmy was a very technical player. Jimmy, Jimmy would have thrived in an environment like that, you know, where he got to kind of use his brain a lot more because MLS back then was, and it's still a very physical league, but it's, it's, it's a lot more tactical now than it used to be. But Liga Mekis, the one thing I loved the most about it was just how important football was. I went from, you know, I lived in LA and I got to play in, in Colorado, scored the first goal in that stadium. So people would recognize me, you know, cause it was a big deal when the team first came out and I was in Kansas city and every once in a while you would get recognized by like hardcore MLS fans, but there's nothing like the PR machine that is Liga Mekis, that is Mexican football. We're in a country of 340 million here in the States. And the football that reigns supreme isn't the Champions League, isn't the Premier League, isn't La Liga. It's Liga Mekis. And it's been like that for a while. So you're successful in Liga Mekis and you get recognized everywhere. Um, I I live here in Hermosa Beach. And uh, I remember if you guys have ever been to L.A., Manhattan Beach is, 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 is a very nice place. And there aren't too many uh latinos around you know and i remember having dinner with a buddy and there's this very nice place called magianos on the pier and it was right after i think i had won the goal scoring title and i was about to go to the 30 man camp um for the u.s men's national team from there you go to the world cup they whittle it down to 23 and i was having dinner sounds like a pornog a gay <laughs> it does, right? Just saying, it does. <laughs> right we whittled it I, down to the thirty. I immediately man. regret. I, I take that back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Attention right away with that one. Strike that from the record. Welcome You're to like, Funny Prime, by the way. Welcome to Funny Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, we went there. <laughs> but I, I remember being at this Italian <laughs> restaurant, and it's a beautiful Italian restaurant. And having dinner with my buddy, and um, there couldn't have been kinder. Um, literally not a hint of somebody you know knows who you are and i didn't expect anybody to know who i am it's like my first real season in in, in mexico where it's like everybody knows who you are in mexico everybody but i'm in the states in Manhattan beach having dinner and the check comes and the you know the manager comes over and he goes uh, excuse me sir would it be possible for you to take a picture with a few of the guys um they recognize you and they're, they're really excited and i'm just like oh yeah absolutely so okay um we'll see you out in front so it, it's this like there's two levels to it where we're on was underneath the down level where they have like a wine cellar kind of dining area and whatnot we go back up and uh as we come up the whole kitchen staff comes out and it's in manhattan beach and there's like 12 guys who are taking a picture with me it look like a team photo and you just see all these people like in the restaurant all white people just like looking around like the fuck is going on like who is this you know and it's just but they were like so excited shaking your hand that you know they wanted to talk to you you know and it's it's the craziest thing so to go back to what you were saying is i enjoyed liga mickey's more because the football just was so much more important and every year everywhere you went they recognize you for better or worse it was so important and the attention was so massive and it just felt it just felt like what you thought you know, professional football was supposed to be like when you're dreaming of playing professional football, like this is what I thought it would be like. It felt like that. We have Craig. Do you find, uh, Oh, I was going to try again here to see if my internet's working, but (laughs) it's working pal. Is it? Okay, good. Uh, do you ever foresee the uh, major league soccer being like that? Hercules 
I mean, it's it's taken massive yeah. leaps forward for sure. But yes. do you ever see it getting there? I, I, I see it now. I see it now. Um, listen, I uh, I live in L.A. and L.A. fans are rabid, both sides of it, and it doesn't and they, like just they consume their sports so well. Whether it's the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Galaxy, LAFC, whatever the case may be, they know exactly who their players are. They know exactly everything about them. Um, and you look at other markets like Cincinnati, Brandon Vasquez, like when Rayados and Monterrey go play, you know, Cincinnati FC Cincinnati in, in the Champions, uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup, Brandon Vasquez is going to be the most famous person in that city. You know, I, I see these pockets where football is, it, it matters, but it can't just matter in these local markets. And what I mean by that is like uh, Max Kellerman used to have this saying where like, and you guys will you guys will know this. Canada is much more prominent when it comes to hockey, but like every hockey arena in the states can fill up, right? Like there's no problem filling up the hockey arenas. It looks great. I'm from Vegas, and my my family, like my my brothers and sisters, have never seen a nice rink in their life, and they're like massive Golden Knight fans now. You know, every arena in hockey can fill up. Can you make people watch you on TV? Can you make people care about you outside of your market? That's where I think Major League Soccer is going to have the difficulty. But to what you're mentioning right now, to what you're mentioning right now, what was I think? What was yeah, that? Somebody's somebody's getting. Uh, honestly, up. I've got four 13 year old girls upstairs, <laughs> and, and they're pissing me off. It's so noisy, so I apologize. <laughs> no, you're fine. But to answer your question, Craig, I think it's already there in some markets um, locally, right. where where football matters. I just don't think it's there nationally or in the tv market yet where it's like everywhere you go it's like that now that you know the big thing for me i was looking at your resume hercules and i saw seattle and i want to talk about seattle because i had to go out there for work back in my old days that is a soccer town oh yeah and so when you see these these examples of success i guess is yes they can fill the stadium but Seattle's one of those they they cross boundary when they're other other teams they fill up their stadiums. How does the rivalries because I would argue rivalries create a buzz buzz creates broadcasting and yeah. how do how do they build on that? Yeah, it's a great question, and that's why I hate how they do these the American like Major League Soccer. I love them. I love Major League Soccer, and it, it's funny because I'm in this weird area where like people in Mexico think I defend MLS and U.S. Soccer, and people in you know the states think I like shit on MLS and and U.S. Soccer and whatnot. I'm in this weird little gray area, but I hate how Americanized <laughs> we make things. Like you don't need conferences. And, and and a perfect example of that is like if I'm a Seattle Sounder fan, could you imagine? Could you imagine MLS Cup, the Seattle Sounders versus the Portland Timbers? Could you imagine what that would be like? Like that, you eliminate these like organic ways of having rivalries. I understand mm -hmm. that you want to make Portland Seattle a rivalry uh, if you're Major League Soccer, but there's no need to pit them against each other five times in a year. Yeah. You know. They'll play open cup against each other. Well, maybe not now, but they'll play open cup against <laughs> well, each other. Well, that's another question. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but you can do things to make it uh, organic. And going back to Seattle, Seattle's one of the few proper footballing cultures we have. I mean, stretches back 50 years of history in, in, in a country that has rich history. You just don't celebrate. Like soccer's been around since for 100 years. The open cup's been around for 100 years. 
you know? Like, you can celebrate it in a way that makes sense. Sure, you know, Major League Soccer's going on close to 30, but the Seattle Sounders have 50 years of rich tradition. The Portland Timbers have years of rich tradition. The San Jose Earthquakes have years of rich tradition. And even if you're not, even if you don't have that name, St. Louis has plenty of years of rich tradition. You can celebrate it. So there are ways of doing it um, that make sense that you don't have to force and spoon feed we're American. This is how we do it. And we don't care. Like there are ways of doing things. Do you, when you look at Major League Soccer right now, you're on 2019. You've got San Diego who's coming in next, taking it to 30 teams. Is that too many teams? Or, and do you also think that it'd be more beneficial at one point? It'll probably never happen. Having a promotion relegation in probably two divisions rather than have 30 odd teams. And I'm sure they'll probably continue with expansion over the next years. Yeah, here's the problem with promotion relegation um, with just MLS is it's it's just MLS, right? Like there's there's no way like Joey Bautista, Joey Bats, who just purchased the LA the excuse me the Las Vegas Lights, um, and who's dumping a ton of money into that team, and that team has changed like it's night and day now, and they're UN, USL, like they're going to be prime contenders in that league in the USL. That's what the rest of the world does. Let me see if I can take something that's nothing right now and create it into something. Um, that's promotion relegation. If the Las Vegas Lights were to one day be in MLS because they earned it on the field, uh, not you buy a three hundred and fifty million dollar you know spot or stake and then you go down uh, in your own division per se, right? What is that? What would that mean that you get less media rights, less share of the media rights if you get relegated type of deal? It's, it's still a closed off pyramid. So I would love for it to be an open pyramid. And and I know uh, when Jimmy sent me some of the topics, there was like, what would you do in major league soccer type of deal? Um, and, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you've got to be already to the stage where you're like 30 years have gone by. We, we've done what we needed to do to prop up the league in a way. Cause I was here when the league had 10 teams, right? Yeah. They folded, they folded Miami, they folded uh, Tampa Bay. Um, at one point through that stay, they, they let go of the San Jose earthquakes and sent them to Houston. And then decided that was a terrible idea and brought back San Jose. You don't, you're not there anymore. That's not MLS point one. You're past MLS point two. I would argue you're, mm-hmm. you're probably at MLS, you know, three and a half going on four now. So you don't need single entity. Um, and, and people will say, well, it's, well, you know, teams have the ability to, to do their own contracts. MLS grants you the right to do your own contracts. They're still their contracts, right? Yeah. They don't want you bidding on the same player. They want two teams bidding on the same player. I want two teams bid on the same player. I want to see what happens when FC Dallas is sitting on oil right now with the amount of youth that's in Texas when they don't have homegrown territories, when they got to go out and pursue players, what's that going to look like, right? When they got to go out and actually scout, what, what, what's what's Clark Hunt going to do when he has to invest, you know, and not just say I'm sitting on oil, you know? Like, that's what I want to see happen. Um, and I think Major League Soccer is there. I'd love to see uh, a sink or swim situation uh, when it comes to Major League Soccer. What up, Primers? It's JC, that guy. Don't miss a second of Premier League action only on Fubo TV. Subscribe at FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime. With Serie A, League One, and One Soccer 2, you can get it all at FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime. Now, back to the show. 
But the issue is with the franchise fees as they are. You know, these these owners they want cost certainty, they want guarantees, and at the expense perhaps of what you can gain from the sporting model of promotion relegation. Is there a a window down the line where where Mexico and the states and Canada, of course, merge? At some point, obviously, with the League's Cup, um, you got the Champions Cup. We're seeing more and more matches between the two, three leagues. Um, but is that possible? Could it work? Would Mexico accept that? I'm sure Mexico would want that. You know, um, they see the writing on the wall. Um, I'm I'm first generation Mexican American, and uh, my kids are second generation Mexican American their kids will be third, et cetera, et cetera. At some point along the line, just like you guys in Canada, a little bit of that language will be lost and a little bit of that culture uh, may be lost. Hopefully it won't. Um, and they'll start consuming the game differently. And they'll grow up with not just one team, but multiple teams. Like many Mexican-Americans in this country, they don't just cheer for a Liga Mekis team. They have an MLS team. They have a Premier League team. They have a La Liga team. So that's going to get diluted. Um, so I'm sure Liga Mekis would love that especially with the financial power the the MLS owners have, why wouldn't you want to get into bed with them? Nikaxa was sold for 50 million and uh, excuse me, 25 million. They gave him half of the, the what the, uh, the, the uh, team was worth. Um, and, and they have celebrity ownership, Eva Longoria. Sure. Um, right, right, right. Uh, Ozil, you know, uh, Kate Upton, et cetera, et cetera. 25 million. You know what 25 million is going to get you an MLS? Tiago Almada. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, I, you'll be able to use the uh, the journals on the third third. I don't even floor. I don't even know, but you <laughs> might be able to rent them. You know, they're not going to be yours though. And and the reality of thing is, I, I forgot his name. Um, I think it's Foley. I think it's Bill Foley. Uh, he's the owner of. Oh my goodness, he went into business with Michael B. Jordan and bought a team in in uh, in the Premier League. And you got to forgive me on the team and you got to forgive me on his name. But what I'm trying to get to is he was interested in bringing a, a team to Las Vegas, a major league soccer team. And he literally said, I'd have to go a billion in on a major league soccer team. Half of that on the franchise fee, the other half on securing stadium and, and all these other things, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas I can go get a premier league team right now for less than 300 million, you know? So it, it, it's and that's a Premier League team. Mm. So the, it, it's there's certain things that that don't make sense um, when it when it comes to to Major League Soccer and how you go about it. And at some point, these fees are going to dry up. Like you can't continue, you know, having expansion teams. At some point, that's going to dry up. What do you do, you know, to survive when it dries up? Yeah, and I think it was Bournemouth. I think that was a club. I think so. I believe so. I, I, I got Bill it, Foley. I just Bill, it, it is Bill Foley. It's Bill yeah. Foley. I was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The, the, yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights owner as well, right? And it, yeah. It's AFC Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, even Newcastle went. They were dirt cheap, right? In the end, Mike Ashley was just trying to get rid of that club, and for a club so massive, it's such a, a huge fan base like that. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. It went cheap. It went cheap. Can we can we talk about this League's Cup U.S. Open nonsense? Um, Which one? Listen, well, <laughs> please. <laughs> what do you say? Well, one's contrived, the manufactured. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, 100 years old, this tournament, US Open Cup, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, the oldest, it's the oldest trophy in America for sports, isn't is it? it for really? sports, it's US Open Cup. It is. Uh, so I'm trying to see right now if it's official, um, but 
I think is this live right now or will no, this be out no. later? Okay, so so by the time this goes out, um, they'll announce that there are going to be 18 teams in Open Cup, eight teams, wow. and then like 10 other MLS Next Pro teams, right? Um, which is a terrible thing. Like, I don't understand clubs who don't want to compete in the MLS Open Cup. Uh, if I'm a player, um, I am so upset with the players' union, right? And because the players' union doesn't just represent the one percent, the DPs. They got to represent everybody on that roster. So think about player nine and beyond who wants to make some money, right? Who wants to compete for trophies? Who, who's saying, well, why are you limiting my chance of making money? I can win a trophy in seven games. I can make for winning the MLS cup. I can make, I make less money than winning the U S open cup, just that game alone. Why would I limit that in seven games? And then if I win, not only is it a trophy, but I get a CONCACAF Champions Cup spot, which gives me more opportunity at bonuses and more opportunity of winning more money and another trophy. And if I win that trophy, I get to go to a Club World Cup where I get more opportunity at at winning money and more exposure against some of the best clubs in the world. Like, why would you limit this for me? And if I'm a coach, what kind of a bonehead doesn't want to bet on seven games and win a title because regardless of what happens in the regular season, no owner is going to fire you for winning a trophy. That just doesn't happen. So why not bet on mm-hmm. seven games? Why not say, because, Jimmy, you know what this league is like. You can be dog shit in the regular season, and we've been dog shit. Seattle Sounders, we were the worst team in Major League Soccer. Copa America hits, All-Star break comes, and then we go on a massive tear, and we – backdoor our way into the playoffs as the hottest team in the league and we end up winning an mls cup why do i want to care about what happens in the regular season if i can just bet on seven games like what kind of an idiot doesn't want a trophy so Mm -hmm. it's extremely disappointing um that's just major league soccer but it's extremely disappointing for u.s soccer as a whole not to care about the ecosystem and to not have a backbone when it comes to Major League Soccer, enforcing enforcing your own bylaws. You have to compete. You have to have every single team compete. Whether they want to try out a first team or a second team or their third team, if there is a third team, that's on them. But you have to send representation of your first team. Yeah, I agree with that totally. And I think, you know, a lot of people forget, you know, you, you start off playing this game because you love it. And then it's a job and you're making money. And the only thing that you have when you walk away from that game is those trophies that you've actually won yeah. and competed for. And that's your yeah. pride and your, your joy where you say, I work my ass off and I've won this trophy. I've won that. I've won this. And not many people get that opportunity to, to win a trophy and they don't realize just how difficult it is to win. And if you have that and they take it away from you, then what are you, what are you playing for? Dude, so it's funny you say that, Jimmy. Uh, I, I just did a, a – Kobe Jones is coming out with the podcast here in LA. Um, and, and, uh, I was on it with Kevin Hartman and, you know, they put us in this studio in, you know, next to the stadium. It was good catching up with these guys and it's, we're just shooting the shit. And, uh, I brought up this conversation. Um, I brought up how Kobe, after we won 2005, it was our second MLS cup. It was Kobe's second MLS cup as well, how he got up in front of everybody on a chair and he told everybody fucking enjoy this. Look around, enjoy this, soak it in, because it's not fucking easy. It just doesn't happen like that. 
And, you know, at the time I was my second MLS cup. I won my first, when I was 19 years old, I'd signed a contract and three months later, you know, without even playing a minute, I had a ring on me. You know what I mean? So you don't, you don't really understand what it takes. And 2005 was a trying year for me. And, and, and it was a year where everything happened and I kind of exploded on the scene. And it, like that, it meant so much that we won that trophy. And it's not until you retire, you're like, fuck, getting to finals is like hard. And, and, and when you win, it's more like of a feeling of relief than it is like of ecstasy, you know? And there are players who have gone their whole life who probably don't get to a final, let alone win, and probably been close and don't lift a trophy. Like people don't realize what it takes and how few opportunities you have like that. So absolutely, mm -hmm. if you have seven games to win one, you know, at the end of the day, when when this is all done, said and done, you're talking about what what was left behind. What did you win? You know, what what you do type of deal. And, and those trophies are affirmation of, of what you actually got to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you see them changing that potentially and backtracking on that decision? Absolutely. I think um, Good. the one thing that I've learned in this country since 2018 was uh, the fans have more control than than they realize. The uproar was so massive that the Federation had to change um, the U.S. men's national team setup. They had to change uh, what they were doing, how they went about it uh, for better. And, and now uh, we talked about how the fan has been changing those first, second, third you know, generation kind of kids growing up and consuming the game differently, they expect different things. And, and the funny thing is like most people ironically have never been to an open cup game or never supported a local club. You know, if it's a USL club or it's an amateur club or whatever the case may be. And now maybe more inclined to do so because you're saying we're going to do it this way. You know, uh, I, I think it'll change. Um, I think there's going to be uproar from it, from it. I think the media as well. Um, I think U.S. soccer has got to get better for it. You can't, you can't say this is how it is, and then a big player on the field says, no, 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 that's not how it is, and just bend over like that. We had such a good time following Danny Dicchio, his assistant coach with Sacramento Republic, and that run they went on, the U.S. Open Cup, I think they beat uh, San Jose, Los Angeles, Kansas City, I believe, and then made it all the way to the final loss to Orlando. But it was yeah. amazing. The support in Sacramento was fantastic. And that whole buzz around U.S. Open Cup, it got us on Footy Prime just excited for Danny and just that opportunity that they want to take away. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's my... Cup competitions, the FA yeah. Cup, magic of the it's, FA, the U.S. Open yeah. Cup, the same thing. Those are those are those fairy tale moments that everybody gets behind. So, so we're 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 talking about this from an MLS perspective. That's the other side of that coin. It is like those clubs, right? Um, my my cousin's husband is Rodrigo Lopez Roro, who's who's the captain of that team. Um, and he was he was mass for Sacramento. Uh, and and I could tell you, um. For a lot of those teammates that he has, that's probably as good as it's going to get, and they're going to hold on to those memories for the rest of their life. They're gonna they're gonna tell their kids that Orlando City had to go spy on their training session to beat them. You know, <laughs> that's what they're going to be telling their kid. They're they're going to hold on to those moments. Um, 
Hercules, I, just so you, this is the moment we want you to hang on to. You'll be looking back <laughs> one day. I was on this show, Footy Prime. How could I forget the 30-man orgy? Longer throughout the 30-man orgy, yeah, and, and I remember it. Yeah, a guy I named Wonger throughout the 30-man orgy. Imagine, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> a, should enjoy it more. But, but it's you know what you're talking about. The other side of that coin is, you know, like I had a – I don't know if you guys are, are love our love is blind fans on Netflix, but uh, Jimmy probably uh, is. Know, okay, I love all that stuff. I love that love, show. Yeah, it's all it's all down my alley. But there's a guy there from like last season, I believe. His name is Kwame. Kwame, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Apia, Apia, I believe. And, and Kwame, um, he was on that season, and he plays local soccer in Seattle. And uh, you know, I had him on my podcast on the Vamos podcast and, and we were talking about like they were going to play against this team, um, Internacional of San Francisco. And if they beat Internacional of San Francisco, they were going to face in the next round the Seattle Sounders, you know, local amateur team faces Seattle Sounders, like amazing story. And I asked Kwame like, yo, man, like Kwame played like Scandinavian soccer, like Division two and whatnot. He tried doing the thing. And, you know, he was like, dude. Like it would be a thrill of a lifetime, not just for me, but for like all all of us to get to play as Seattle Sounders and, and just like hearing him talk for a lot of these guys, like that's it. And they're talking about the open cup. You know what I mean? Like to sort of take something like that away because this entity thinks it's not worth their time. It, it, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the league's cup, Hercules. Right, <laughs> right. There is the isn't least. That, isn't that an adequate replacement? What a segue! <laughs> it's bullshit. So, oh, there's yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So, I have I have a calendar uh, of of the summer, right? And um, listen, I, when I was with when I was playing uh, Mexican football, there's two seasons of Mexican football, and sometimes my my winter break was like 12 days, you know. And uh, then in summer, you'd get like three weeks, but I'd spend half that time with the national team. So you're you're playing lots of football, um, not like this though. This summer, let's see, you're going to let's see what you have here. The Olympics, the Euros start in in June, right? Mid June. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have MLS players, some players that we're gonna play in Euros. We've seen that before. The Olympics start in, in July. We're gonna see players go to the Olympics from from both Liga Mekis, Major League Soccer, the respective countries. Uh, Copa America starts. June 21st. Um, and then you have, what else is there? Uh, the MLS All-Star Game, which is the 17th. Uh, all these different things in that summer. If I'm a player, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? What, what am I doing here? They, they want me to play three game, a game every three days, you know, in, in a reduced time in the summer, and then go to my national team, spend time with my national team, and come back and, and do some silly All-Star Game and, you know, and it's all for what? Because Major League Soccer and, and, and Liga Mekis are going to have a cash grab out of this, you know? Like, and this is all the CBA that, that you negotiated. Did it have all this in it? You know, so what are you getting out of it? it, it it's just a, from a TV standpoint, like for me, for what I do, you know, I was like, fuck, I guess, bring it on. It gives me more to talk about. But if I'm a player, I'm thinking like, God damn. Oh, that's a lot. What am I getting out of this? Yeah, it's, it's well. It's Messi won it, so there's a. I bet you that's right up next to all his other trophies. <laughs> and they and they better. They they should have been praying to sweet baby Jesus that Messi would have won it. That's the only thing that could have saved that. Like, could you imagine League's Cup last year without Messi? 
Oh, I know. Like that, I mean, that, that, Messi that first was game when he scored the late goal, he just, oh, there's a tournament? It's, it's not MLS? Was he even aware yeah. of that? I'm not yeah. was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. And the thing is, I, I don't know. I don't like, I use Apple all the time. I'm here in the States, but I'm starting to realize it's a very American centric thing. Like, there aren't people in. Mexico, because I have family in Mexico and because my, you know, we go down all the time. My wife's from there. Um, I don't think it's heavily used in Mexico. I don't know how heavily used it is in Canada, how heavily used it is in Latin America. Um, but unless you had Apple, there was no scene Leagues Cup. You didn't have rights, you know, with broadcasters outside of it. So it's, you know, it, it helped that Messi was there. I don't know how much of attention it would have gotten if Messi wasn't involved. Yeah, I, I there was agree. no games in the United States or in Mexico either, was there? No, no, it was all in the U.S. And so that's honestly, gonna... that's that's on them. That's on Liga Mekis, and I've spoken about this. I feel bad for their fans um, because right. you know what? What fan doesn't want to have the chance to see Lionel Messi? You know what fan doesn't want to have the chance to see their team at home playing against another team if they really cared for this tournament? Uh, but the powers that be in Liga Mekis, by ignorance or by necessity, deemed it not important. And if the powers that be to make decisions for you deem it that way, play ball. Hercules, uh, we, we could talk for hours about this. Um, we'd love to get you back on at some point. Thank you so much for this. Can, can you let all our listeners know where they can find you, what you're on, all the important stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you are in the States, you can find me on ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes, uh, I have a show called Football Americas in English and a show called Aura Nunca in Spanish. And you can find me anywhere uh, on podcast on the Men and Blazers Network. I have a podcast called Vamos where we bring on, you know, guests to kind of talk their story. It's much more human element. Uh, but yeah, or follow me on social media. Uh, all my social media handles are pretty much the same. Hercules G. By the way, awesome. did you see the the graphic that Jimmy built um, promoting you on today's I show? I did. Jimmy that did that? Cool. Jimmy, yeah, that's what Jimmy did. <laughs> Pretty impressive, he, huh? chose, he chose a good one with the little mustache. I like yeah. that. It wasn't a little mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I can't do. It looked like you were straight out of Top Gun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, right. no, the, the 30 men again kind of rang a bell as well, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm going to make one last you comment. On, you can catch us on ESPN Ocho. Yeah, we're That's the right. Ocho. That's where we are. Um, Hercules, you're a gifted uh, athlete, or what was a gifted broadcaster, and you have a gifted name. I mean, it's spectacular. Please tell me your middle name is Irving. No, I don't have a middle name. I, <laughs> I know. Have a middle name. I was fucking right. No, no. Listen, to, so, so my this, the eight, the eighties. I guess drugs were prevalent. My dad decided Hercules with a Z was like the way to go. Uh, but, but when they when they were trying to baptize me, like the, like the in the Catholic culture, you can't just get baptized under any name. Like there has to be a saint of that name. Yeah. So they refused to baptize me under Hercules. So like, I technically have like through the Catholic Church a middle name, which is Manuel, which is like my father's name, because they refused to baptize me under Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than John or Paul, right? It right, wouldn't right. work quite as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. No, thanks so much. Really enjoyed this. Like I said, we could keep talking for a long time, but uh, really enjoyed it, and we'll get you back on at some point for sure. <laughs> I appreciate so it, guys. Thanks a lot. I had a lot of fun. Excellent. It was great. Thanks, it was great. So, uh, uh, thanks to our sponsors, of course, Tony Bet. .ca. Tons of MLS, of course, coming up this weekend. And uh, FuboTV.com. 
slash freeprime.com subscribe for all your Premier League, etc. Wonga, you're raising a finger, a malformed no, just, Arctic finger. It's more for posts, so can everyone stay on for about five minutes? That's all. I didn't want okay. Hercules to jump off, that's all. Oh, okay. Because yeah. you're always with the rendering and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so people all right. on our podcast, you'll, you'll, you'll hear that too. It's MLS Box to Box. Uh, hello, America. If you're just discovering us today, aren't we great? See you later. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Bat. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. And visit wearefootyprime.com and sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> that was great, Hercules. Thanks. Thanks.